Hello there, friend. This is Jerry Tyson in The Beacon's Light. Is the next Great Awakening around the corner? Find out in the book Final Fire by Tom Horn, Larry Spargimino, and Donna Howe. As today's world becomes more desperate, the world is inadvertently moving toward another Great Awakening. Get your copy of Final Fire by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Most of us can look back to some unexpected experience when we were caught off guard and forced to laugh until it hurt. Some years ago, there was a gentleman in the church we attended who was everyone's favorite grandfather. He had quite a number of grandchildren of his own, but for all practical purposes, every other young person ran to him like one would expect them to go to their own family. He loved it and they loved him. Truth be told, many of us who were considerably older loved him like family too. Pop Z was the example of a Christian gentleman who lived for the Lord in a way that influenced his family and many others. When his wife passed away, it was very hard to see him as he stood by her casket, occasionally reaching over to touch her, caress her forehead, or her hands, or otherwise showing that he was going to have a difficult time adjusting to the life of a widower. His adjustment was rather unexpected, at least in public, as in a moderate period of time he was doing very well. He never slowed down in his love for all of the kids, and his sense of humor was renowned. We never knew what prank or funny thing he would do next. It only seemed fair to turn the tables when the right opportunity presented itself. That time came when a moderate number of us from the same church were in a restaurant at the same time. Pop was talking to some of his friends at a nearby table, and his back was turned to me. That was his first mistake. I had an idea that was intended to give him a surprise. <laughs> Did it ever. Quietly moving behind him, I stooped down and reaching up, pulled down on the side seams of his pants. What I expected was that he would get a surprise from a gentle tug around his waist. What I didn't know was that the pants had an elastic band holding them up, not a belt. Another thing I didn't expect was how easily his pants pulled down. <laughs> what a surprise for me. Fortunately, I stopped pulling before it became a total embarrassment, but the surprise effect was better than anyone could have hoped. Soon, all who had seen it were laughing uncontrollably. Even Pop Z was laughing, which was a good thing. He could take the joke because he was used to playing jokes for most of his lifetime. I can't imagine what his children endured. They all survived, though, so it must not have been a problem. 
We laughed about it together for years until he was promoted to glory and the presence of his Savior and his beloved wife. I truly pity the one who cannot take a good joke, even when played on him. Life is so much more enjoyable when taken with a sense of humor. I am sure most, if not all of us, have had a prank played on us. I can only hope they were the good kind, not malicious. Here is the question of the moment. How well do you, or I, handle the unexpected? Sometimes it may be a prank. Other times it might have no humorous value. It may be very unpleasant, like an automobile accident, a fall down the steps, or being fired from a job. How do we react to those situations? We've all known someone with no sense of humor. That one can be downright unpleasant to be near. We may never know what has brought them to being a crotchety young or old person. We may safely assume they might not have had a pleasant life. Poor parenting? Abuse? Maybe they were blamed for everything that went wrong in the home when they were children, or any one of many other things may have soured them about everything in life. What a shame. I can think of few things that eclipse enjoying life by not having a sense of humor or the ability to laugh at oneself when something is out of the ordinary. A smile on a face is much more surely able to draw potential friends than a perpetual frown that has worn deep wrinkles in a face. Do your facial expressions draw friends or draw flies? The Sunday before I am writing this, while in conversation, a man walked past us prompting a remark from my friend Ben always has a smile on his face. I've known Ben for many years, and I know the smile is real. He is reflecting the joy of the Lord, as one would hope more of us would do. The word countenance is an old-fashioned word that can be defined as facial expression. A search of the word in Scripture reveals several interesting people and situations. The first deals with Cain and Abel in Genesis 4. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? Cain had his own ideas of how to please the Lord, but they were not what the Lord wanted. Instead of humbly changing his offering choice, he killed his brother who had brought an acceptable offering. It is probably safe to say that from the moment of being rejected, Cain's countenance fell. The sour look on his face was most likely like a beacon going before him that he was angry, and anyone getting too close to him was in for a hard time. An often repeated blessing at the end of a service has been Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. How much of a contrast this is to Cain. 
It is too easy to think we can read the moods of people or their attitudes when we see their faces. God's man of old, Samuel, was tasked with finding a king for Israel and was led to the house of Jesse, where he fell into the trap of looking at a person and judging by appearance. Jesse's first son came before him for a scrutiny, and Samuel bit the bait. He was sure this was the one he was sent to anoint. Again and again, as Samuel examined the sons of Jesse, he was sure he had found the right man. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance but the Lord looketh on the heart. Finally, and you can see the frustration on Samuel's face if you're paying attention, all of Jesse's sons had been brought to Samuel except the one no one considered even an outside possibility for the position of king of Israel. He was too young. He was only a shepherd. He had no real world experience. Verse 12 tells what God said to Samuel. Now, he was ruddy, and with all of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Everyone was surprised. No, God didn't choose him because of his boyish good looks. But God knew his heart, and that he was moldable to serve him as he would rule Israel. All through the Psalms, God's countenance is referred to as being light, the source of gladness and help, and the revealer of secret sins. Surely being in the light of his countenance is to be in the spotlight of blessing. Proverbs 15:13 is the reminder that a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. Of course, there are people who always seem to have a smile that are not under the cleansing blood of the Lord. They have a serious problem in that their joy, their moments of happiness are not sourced by God, but earthly and temporal things. When this life is over, there will be no smile, no joy. Where does the joy come from that gives peace and direction and hope? What gives followers of Christ something a little extra? The psalmist, that same David, son of Jesse and anointed by Samuel, put it this way in Psalm 16:11, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I hope you have come to know Jesus as your Savior. There is joy gladness, and true hope in this life and beyond when your sins are forgiven and you come to know the peace that passes all understanding through Jesus. In the Beacon's Light is a production of Beacon Street Media. Feel free to contact us at www.swrc.com. This is Jerry Tyson reminding you that when we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sins.